Welcome to Dr. Warwick's podcast channel. Warwick is a practicing cardiologist and author with a passion for improving care by helping patients understand their heart health through education. Warwick believes educated patients get the best health care. Discover and understand the latest approaches and technology in heart care and how this might apply to you or someone you love. Thank you for joining me today on my podcast and videocast station and I'm delighted to say I've got with me Dr. Karen Kostner, a lipid expert, not only recognised Australia-wide but internationally for his expertise in lipid management and his research. We're going to be talking today about azetamide, also known as Ezetrol, and I'd like to welcome Dr. Kostner, a good friend and colleague, Hello, Karen. Thank you for joining me. Hello, Warwick. It's an absolute pleasure to be with you, and thank you for inviting me. So I'm quite excited to talk about azetamide, or ezetrol, which is the trade name. It's been a little bit more in um, open view in the last couple of years. It's a drug that used to sit on the shelves a fair bit and one that wasn't written very often, but we've started to use it a little bit more. Well, before we get into why that's the case, Karen, what what actually is azetamide? Azetamide is is an interesting story. It's a cholesterol absorption inhibitor, and it's the only drug in its class. But the interesting thing worrying about azetamide is that the mechanism was actually discovered after the drug was discovered, and that's rarely the case. So what ezetimibe does, it blocks a receptor in our intestine that's responsible for cholesterol uptake and reabsorption. And by doing that, it leads to a reduction in cholesterol levels by up to 20-25% in some individuals. So the receptors it blocks are clearly receptors that are associated within the gut or within the liver, Carl? They are mainly in the intestine, they're not in the liver, so it's the Neiman PC1-like protein 1 receptor, and it is a receptor that is responsible for reabsorbing cholesterol that is excreted into the bile and feces. So the body tries to reabsorb that cholesterol to use it, and also unfortunately to transport it back to arteries, and blocking that receptor prevents that process, and by doing that, plasma cholesterol levels are reduced. Okay, so um, I'm not going to even try and remember the name of that receptor, and I'm sure most of the listeners won't be remembering the name of that receptor, but does that mean that um, azetamide stays in the gut or is it absorbed into the body? Do do we get blood levels, Karen? That's a good question, Boris. Most of it stays in the gut. A very small amount ends up in, in, in the blood, but the reason it is tolerated very well is that the main concentration remains in our intestine and doesn't get absorbed into the bloodstream and doesn't get into our muscles and other organs at any sort of significant degree. So when you're talking about side effects, um, it really shouldn't give muscle side effects, for example. That would be surprising because there's no uh, transport of that medication through the bloodstream to get to the muscles. Is that correct? That is absolutely correct. I mean, the only side effects that we see with azetrol and any other medical therapy that's available as a tablet is some mild gastrointestinal discomfort, reflux in some cases, 
but it does not cause more muscle side effects than a placebo or a sugar pill, for example, and it certainly doesn't cause any other significant interactions or adverse events, in my experience. Because it's mainly uh, staying in the gut, is there a particular time of the day that you should take it, or are there particular foods you should or shouldn't take it with? Yeah, it's a good question too, Warwick. You, you can take it any time of the day. I mean, it works for 24 hours. It is only available in one concentration, which is 10 milligrams. And it is often given at night because cholesterol production is slightly more when we are asleep, similar to what we say about statins. But it doesn't really matter if people prefer to take it in the morning. They can take it in the morning. And as I said, it works for 24 hours. And I may be... Um misled in this space, but I thought that there was a, could be a, quite a variance in response to this medication between individuals. Is that the case? You're absolutely correct, and that has genetic backgrounds. So people who are very good absorbers of dietary cholesterol, which is about 20% of the population, will respond with a bigger lowering of LDL cholesterol and total cholesterol with azetrol than people who are very good producers of cholesterol, synthesizers of cholesterol. But that also explains why the combination of ezetrol with the statin is so effective, because it basically deals with both important cholesterol pathways in the body, absorption and production. So if you're on a statin and ezetrol, you get a very, very good response with regards to cholesterol lowering, because both of these pathways are dealt with, if that makes sense. It's really literally pushing and pulling at the same time to improve uh, the effectiveness. My, my um, understanding as well, and I'd be grateful for your comment on this, is if we get people on a statin, which is a most common agent we use for lowering cholesterol, say at an intermediate dose, say let's say 20 milligrams of Lipitor is a very average sort of dose, my understanding is that if we add azetamide in at 10 milligrams, we get a much better lipid lowering or cholesterol lowering, particularly of that bad LDL cholesterol, than if we were to double the atorvastatin from 20 to 40. Is that correct, Carmen? What sort of figures would we expect in those spaces? Yeah, that's, that's absolutely correct. So doubling the statin dose will usually lead to a 6% additional LDL or total cholesterol lowering. But adding ezetrol to even the lowest dose of a statin, 10 milligrams of atorvastatin, gives you the same effect as you would get from the highest dose of atorvastatin and the same with rosuvastatin, simvastatin, fluvastatin, and pravastatin, and pitivastatin. So by adding ezetrol 10 milligrams to virtually any low statin dose, you get the same effect as with the highest statin dose. And especially for patients who do not tolerate statins at higher doses due to muscle-related side effects, that is an important um, that is an important thing. So that's that's great news, really. I guess because my my own experience is I do find people who have some issues with statins. Um, we can find a dose that they tolerate, and they can live with that. And then what you're saying is that. Even better than doubling the satin they're on to get their cholesterol down, the addition of this azetamide may give us nearly a 20% rel, uh, absolute reduction in their cholesterol levels, which is just fantastic, I guess. And from what you say, it's very well tolerated as well. It's very well tolerated, and it's available as a fixed-dose combination with the taller statin and simple statin, and it's available 
available as a co-pack with rosuvastatin. And the good news is patients only pay one script fee, so it's virtually the same price as just taking a statin in itself. And even if you prescribe azitrol on a private script, it's about $13 to $14 a month, and people spend more on vitamins sometimes. So, you know, it's an affordable therapy. Well, that's good to know, isn't it? So it's, it's affordable, it's accessible. Um, you touched on these uh, statin azinamide combos, for want of a better term, uh, because of the efficacy they bring. Um, I guess if you gave someone a high-dose statin plus azinamide, what sort of percentage reduction of their uh, non-treatment cholesterol might you expect, Karen? Yeah, you can get up to 70% LDL reduction. You know, if you add um, azitrol to 40 milligrams of rosuvastatin or 80 milligrams of atorvastatin, we have seen up to 60-70% LDL reduction, and that's something that five, ten years ago was unheard of. So it's really a very effective therapy. So I'm going to um, really try and underline an important point here, and that is what, why do we bother with all this getting the cholesterol down and why are we measuring levels and, and all that sort of stuff? And one of the aspects um, that I think has changed this was one of the trials where a Zetamide really came to light. And I can't remember exactly the name of that trial. You might be able to help me, but... Talk us through why we're getting those cholesterol levels down, what the evidence is, and what we're really trying to achieve. Yeah. The, the trial that you're referring to is the IMPROVIT trial. And the IMPROVIT trial showed that if you add azitrol to simvastatin and compare it to thousands of patients who are just taking simvastatin, you get less arthro-thrombotic events. You get less, less repeat heart attacks, less um, unstable angina, less revascularizations. But you're absolutely correct. There's many other trials now that have shown that getting to very low cholesterol levels with statins, with statins and ezetrol, with PCSK9 inhibitors, with apheresis, really reduces cardiovascular events, reduces heart attacks, reduces strokes, reduces stenting and bypass surgery. And that is a very important message that you are um, trying to get across there. One of and the, we have the means now, we have the therapies to achieve this. One of the explanations I give to my own patients, and you can uh, correct me if I'm misled on this, but I was under the impression that the IMPROVE-IT trial or subsequent trials demonstrated that if we got cholesterol levels under about 1.8 to 1.7 millimoles per litre, we can actually get reduction or regression of plaque. This means that as people uh, continue to take their medication, the buildup of their cholesterol in their arteries can become less and less, which I, I believe is an exceptional aspirational goal. Am I, do I understand that correctly or is there more detail around that I should know? Absolutely. And, and in fact, the, the, the imaging modalities that you use and that you're very experienced in have clearly shown that, you know, and your own work has, has supported that, that if you get to these very low LDL cholesterol levels, you can not only reduce plaque in coronary arteries, but you can also stabilize plaque, and that causes, again, less heart attacks and strokes. So, very important point you're making there. So, this azetamibe seems like a fantastic agent, obviously gets about a 20% reduction in cholesterol, it seems to be well tolerated, it stays in the guts, um, in the stomach and the digestive tract, so it doesn't cause too many problems. Um, would patients be able to take this 
as the first-line therapy instead of even trying a statin. What, what's the take on that, Karen? Look, statins are more effective because they lead to cholesterol reductions up to 50-60% and they have even more evidence behind them than ezetrol. So statins have shown in many, many trials to reduce cardiovascular events and morbidity um, and there have been many more trials with statins than with ezetrol because it's been, they have been available much longer. So it's not a substitution for statins unless people do not tolerate statins. So if you really develop severe muscle pain on statins, and that's not many patients that you and I see, then obviously you can use ezetrol alone. But as you mentioned, it only leads to an LDL reduction on average between 15 and 25%, even though there is some better responders. And it is not sufficient if you tolerate a statin, combining it is certainly a better approach. Certainly, I know from my own clinical practice, I have a number of patients, uh, and it's a, a vast minority, so only very few, who have a lot of trouble taking their statins, but we're able to find a dosing regime of one or two tablets per week or three tablets per week at a low dose. And with those patients, I've had no troubles adding in azetamib over the top and actually getting surprisingly satisfying uh, cholesterol lowering remembering that we're aiming for this aspirational goal of stabilizing plaque or even regressing it. So it seems to be, uh, a re I imagine you use a similar technique. Exactly what you do, you know. I think you can do exactly that in people who have trouble tolerating um, those high doses of statins or statins. I do exactly the same. Well, look, we've covered a heap of stuff about azetamide. It's been... Uh, an absolute pleasure speaking with you again. I really enjoy it and I get something out of it every time. For those who are listening, thank you so much for joining. Um, I'm going to thank Dr. Costa for joining me. So say goodbye. Absolute pleasure. Thank you, Warwick, for having me. I enjoyed it myself. Um, I look forward to a chance to, to share about some other um, aspects about uh, particularly lipid uh, care because that's your area of expertise. For those who are listening, if you've got any queries or questions, drop us a note at members at Dr. Warwick Bishop. I hope you found today um, as informative as I did. Um, look after yourselves. Uh, till next time, please don't die from a heart attack and goodbye. You have been listening to another podcast from Dr. Warwick. Visit his website at drwarwickbishop.com for the latest news on heart disease. If you love this podcast, feel free to leave us a review.